you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks. And Zach Bechtold. Uh, today, we are coming from you from the comfortable confines of our homes, though we would both wish we were in St. Louis and Denver watching uh, baseball, but it is spring training, so like we're one step closer to making that a reality. Um, I, I, I am in downtown Denver. Look behind me. <laughs> <laughs> As your head floats in and out of picture because it's a white head, so it's, it's, right. it's the... <laughs> Um, so um, as we begin today's podcast, we're going to um, jump into lectionary reading is, is kind of our uh, semi-tradition. Um, and looking at Mark, the gospel reading, Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And so I'll let Zach uh, kick us off by reading that, and then um, we'll have our discussion from there. So here from the gospel of Mark, then Jesus began, Jesus began to teach his disciples the human one must suffer many things and be rejected, rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed, and then, after three days, rise from the dead. He said this plainly, but Peter took hold of Jesus and scolded him, began, correct, began to correct him. Jesus turned and looked at his disciple and then sternly corrected Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. After calling the crowd together with his disciples, Jesus said to them, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And all who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their life? What would people give in exchange for their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words is in this unfaithful and sinful generation. The human one will be ashamed of that person when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. And so, Matt, there's a lot in that. Um, I mean, we could really break it up into two different sections. But uh, what really initially sticks out to you in that, that passage? Well, when we were looking at this to begin with, I, I think the one that just stuck with me is like, here you have Jesus, um, if Jesus doing his teaching, you know, he's, he's predicting his death again. And like, you know, um, they obviously struggled with that. Like when a leader, you know, does that, like, um, you know, nowadays, it, you know, we'd probably be attempting to commit them. I, I mean, there'd be some things like that, but, but Peter like pulls him aside, like, all right, Jesus, like, stop that. Like, bad Jesus, bad Jesus. That's kind of how I see it. It's like, I see Peter pulling his eyes, like bad Jesus, bad Jesus. Don't say that. Like, I don't, uh, we don't need that right now, Jesus. <laughs> like, and, um, you know, um, I, I love this line that um, you're not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. And uh, I mean, there's a lot, you're right. There's a lot that we can unpack here. And I, don't, I, I just love, I just love that, like whole, that whole thing. I mean, there's obviously talk about how, how do we pay attention to God? You know, how we pay attention to God when he's calling it. Like, I mean, we, there's a lot we can unpack there. Um, but I don't know. I just like that. Get behind me, you know, 
when he rebukes him and not only rebukes him, he says, get behind me, Satan. Uh, so he's calling Jesus the devil. I mean, there's just, you know, there's just so much fun to unpack here. It, it, it is. And, and I agree. I, I, I love this relationship between Jesus and Peter. Um, one that, that, that <laughs> Peter feels confident and comfortable enough in my mind to grab Jesus by the arm and be like, Hey, come over here. <laughs> Let's sidebar it for a second. Um, cause what you're saying is dude, like you said, we don't need that right now. Um, this is, um, what are, you, what are you really saying? Let's let's pull it back a little bit, Jesus, right? And uh, like I said, I, I think that lends to the relationship that Peter and Jesus have that's maybe deeper than or more intimate or more personal than the other disciples had with the relationship. Or it just points to the writers of the gospel always picking on Peter of <laughs> Peter not ever understanding what Jesus says, right? Um, you know, take it, take it for what you will. But I, I think it's interesting because Jesus does this often throughout the gospels and says, I'm not going to be here forever. Here's how it's going to go down. And he's constantly pushing the reality and the narrative of you're going to take over. Here's how you lead. And and at least as Methodist pastors, that's something, or at least for me, that's what I've learned in coming into a new appointment of, say, of saying those, that reality, I'm not going to be here forever. So how do we do this together? How do we put you in a place where we can move forward? Uh, and you can move forward without me when I'm no longer your pastor, um, which is a fine line to equate yourself to Jesus in those moments. But it's that same leadership style of how do we do this together? How are we in relationship together? How do we move forward? What happens? Uh, because we're not all going to be here forever. Well, wouldn't you say that that's been kind of one of our downfalls within the church is that we live in this idea that we're going to do this forever. And so like, like I can't tell you the number of times where I've had to hire someone on staff and the conversation is like, well, how long are they going to be here? I'm like, that's not a right. question. That's not a question we can ask because they don't know. I mean, exactly. We don't know. I mean, even, I mean, even though we're in an itinerant, clergy the the struggle is is real like something may happen or something may change like you know we live in a world where uh, right now where if the um we i mean we don't know how the denomination is going to shake out so we don't i mean that's not i mean we can't um i i think living in that reality of like let's do good now and mm-hmm. worry about tomorrow tomorrow and like right now there's a lot that we need to do um and i think that that's why like jesus shifts the conversation then like, so they have this conversation with Peter and then he like, all right, so I'm going to use this as a teaching moment. And so like, mm-hmm. he, he has that great line. Um, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And all who want to save their lives will lose them. But all those, all those who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. And, you know, like, I, I think about like that whole denial, like really to follow Jesus means we deny our life and follow Jesus. We deny the things that put Jesus at the you know back burner. We are called to put Jesus at the forefront of everything we do in our lives. And, and yet, like, I, I see that being the problem, not only within the church, but like within the world, like, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, obviously it'd be easy if you know, everybody would come to Jesus and, you know. Right. Well, and I, and I think the, 
misconception of that that text is often well if you're not flogging yourself and suffering for christ then you're not doing it well enough right um and i i don't think that's what jesus is saying here but he's just pointing again to that reality of this is what it means to follow me means there's going to be sacrifice it's going to be hard um there's going to be things that we all have to give up because it takes our attention away from this good news it takes our attention away from the people around us in our faith and things like that and so how do we lose our lives to those distractions how do we lose the our our, our lives to those temptations to um move further away um rather than come closer but i yeah i i've heard too many times well you got to give your life up for christ and suffer and flog yourself and have guilt and shame and it's like mm, i don't think that's what jesus is getting at here i i haven't really ever heard the 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 more you know um that side of thing I, I what i've heard it use is like this idea of of kind of glorifying the cross and it's that's not what it's about it's really about you know um that suffering con component is there jesus is adamant and i think it's that cost of discipleship that that this grace and and things is not cheap um and um that there is a cost to this discipleship as bonhoeffer points to in his book cheap grace like i just or uh, the cost of discipleship like and i think what's happened especially in the american church in the american church i feel like we've done it where we you know, we've we've taken in that consumeristic um western idea that bigger is better and and understand that mm -hmm. like i don't i really do believe that jesus didn't have that, that mindset I really do believe that Jesus was more of the mustard seed to allow it to have natural growth, but the connection is called to is to have a connection towards God and our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And and like yeah, and and that's what I think that's exactly the the line that we're going here is this connection of of who we are and and this coming closer to God in these moments that it won't be easy. Jesus constantly points to that, um, that that following me is not easy. It's not sunshines and rainbows, you know, it's hard. It's hard work because it often is going to put us in a place that is tough um, for many reasons. Well, and that's why I think that's why this is a good text for the second week of Lent. Cause like the first week it's kind of like hey you know like jesus was baptized and then like this week it's like all right so now you got to get like now that you're in understand like and that's the funny thing about this it's like now that you're in uh here's what the real cost is now are you really in like i you know because mm -hmm. understand that like from this point on in in mark's gospel it's kind of i always like to think of it as the downward trend to mm -hmm. the cross and we're really like mm -hmm. from transfiguration on like that's when Jesus is that's when Jesus is focused shift but like Jesus is really setting him up for that that's why he that's why he tells him this three times in Mark's gospel is to really understand that when that moment happens and they go through that time they'll be like oh yeah he was talking about this the whole time and so like right I, I think it's a good thing um to reflect on it and being aware of those moments for that and like mm -hmm. where are we paying attention to where God's at work in our lives and are we really paying attention to it or are we just kind of going through the motions? Right. Well, and, and that's what I like to point to for, for Lent every year, uh, but especially this year, 
because it, it just feels like we've been in a perpetual season of Lent in the last year since last Lent of allow yourself to be present in that humanity, um, whatever it is, you know, celebration or grief or anything in between, be, be present in that. And I think that's when, when Jesus tells us to count the costs, it often points to that humanity of, are we being present in who we are and how we're feeling? And often, sometimes that's heavy and it's full of grief and sometimes that's full of celebration. Um, and, and I don't think that's any different here of, here's what it looks like. Be present in the things that make you feel human and, and are, are, is following me scary? Yeah. Uh, but is it fruitful and faithful in a lot of ways? Yeah. Um, and so he kind of lays it all out here of, here's what this looks like. Um, and it's hard, but the reward um, is much greater in grace and uh, love than not, right? Uh, and I don't like talking about <laughs> rewards of faith and things like that because it's a, it's a slippery slope, but well, I mean, I an think, interesting conversation. I think the rewards of faith are, it's not a reward, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And, and that the reward mm-hmm. is really the journey when you can look back and you can see where God's been at work. Even those times that you really didn't recognize it. Oh, look, it's that big Methodist word, prevenient grace. Um, and, but like, I, I think here's what happens with prevenient grace is that like we get held back onto those moments. Like, oh, I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we miss out on the moments that we're like passing by. And I think that right. that's what- I think that's what you see with Peter here, right? Because we have yeah. Peter in such high regard. And yet we constantly find them being like, hey, Jesus, come here. <laughs> Tell me more. I don't understand. Or dude, don't, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and I think it's because Jesus, like, I, I think this Peter struggles living in the moment um, of what's happening and what's going on. And then like, he's either too much in the, like too much of the, the past or too much in the future. And like, we all get that way. I'm not saying it's not something we all do. And so I think like really like the thing about the scripture and where we can land today, I think it's really one paying attention where we're walking. Are we walk, are we following Jesus or are we not? I mean, and I think that that's a, that's a great question. Are we following Jesus or are we not? And what does it really mean to follow Jesus? It means to surrender your life and follow the way that Jesus showed us to live. Like, I mean, I really think that that's a, but it, and that's a hard thing. I mean, and it's, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And, and I think that that's a good thing to reflect on in the second Sunday in Lent. Right. Well, and it, and it, it goes back to exactly that point you made of this is a journey. It's, uh, you know, it's not a moment to moment thing. And so, you know, we have this ebb and flow and uh, it's that journey throughout our lifetime of, of following Christ. Um, and it's easy, like Peter, to get caught up in those singular moments of oh, crap, you know. And so, uh, and, and I like that the, that's where they point to here also. And, and Jesus uses it, uses it as a teaching moment to be like, all right, we just saw Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Let's learn from this. <laughs> well, and, it, and it, you know, the thing I love about the gospel of Mark is that in Mark's treatment of the disciples, you know, he, he's not kind to them. Uh, the author is not kind to them. And I'm actually okay with that. I would much rather have oh, yeah. that. It'd be like these look at these disciples. They were all perfect in following Jesus. They got every mm-hmm. word. Cause that's usually what's presented. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, that's right. not, I mean, we've been in church work to know that that's not the case. <laughs> and so. No. 
but it but it helps us find that humanity in them too and in the common thread of oh i feel like that too or i've said that or i've wondered or i've doubted or i you know that's helpful yeah. it's helpful so, to see that in the people who walked with jesus <laughs> so we have fallen into one of those preacher loops of multiple endings <laughs> today but I think the real question really is are, are asking yourself really and reflecting you know, it's a great season of Lent to do that is are you really following Jesus? Are you giving your life to really following Jesus and putting Jesus first in your life and, and living the way that he showed us live? I think that's a great way to land today. And so with that in mind, we want to encourage you to go to our website at beardedtheologians.com. We've got a lot of great content, a lot of, uh, we got some really cool merch that you can uh, pick up for gifts and all sorts of fun things. Um, as we enter that season of ordination time, you know, buy your bearded pastor, whether they have a beard or not, a bearded theologian's gear, you know. Um, and so we want to encourage you to do that. And we thank you for listening today. So for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Beckfold. Thanks for checking us out. First, guys, I want you to subscribe and like this video. And put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.